0: This is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here, the leaded WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. First things first, let's start by saying, man, it's great to see fans back attending wrestling shows such as AEW, Impact Wrestling this recently with Slam Reversary, Friday Night Smackdown, the whole enchilada, folks. It's great to see that back. It's a great feeling. I know many fans are enjoying that. you probably can ask me if I'm going to um, attend any of that. Well, I don't want to attend a WWE show for a few reasons. Why? I already worked those shows. I enjoyed them. But, however, I want to get another fresh perspective by going to an AEW show. So, that is that. But right now, let's talk about the interesting things that took place this past week now you guys saw what happened this past tuesday on nxt we saw the appearance of mandy rose during the Gigi dolan and saray match now some of you probably thought what was she doing there in the first place and you heard the people saying you don't go here you don't go here so yeah we know that she doesn't go there but there was like a lot of things that made no absolute sense why she was there now i was thinking okay why is she back there i know she's doing pretty darn well in in the main roster with uh with raw i mean i'm not saying it's great I'm just, i mean she's doing well i mean she she's not gr- doing great there but i know she's doing well even though she is teamed with dana brooke to do the title hunt for the wwe women's tag team titles i'm just saying what happened there now did Was there some sort of talks about, okay, maybe her performance down in, in the main roster wasn't doing so well? I know that many fans were, like, a bit spectacle after what happened last year or so with the separation of Mandy Rose and Otis. You know, Mandy got traded up to Raw. Otis stayed in SmackDown. I mean, I know it sucked. I mean, I get it. But it didn't make no sense to me about that. And then all of a sudden, we see her teaming up with Dana Brooke, which again doesn't make any sense i mean if you're planning to make her be a big star as a singles competitor then do it but why make her a tag team competitor it makes absolutely no sense to me now don't get me wrong i like dana she's a very interesting character you know and i'm just don't understand that much about it but this with her being on nxt made no absolute sense but however it did was reveal the reason why it happened. It turns out that Mandy Rose is now going to be NXT full-time. And I'm like thinking, what? It turns out that they traded her for Aaliyah. Yeah, from the Robert Stone brand. Now, from my information, Aaliyah has been with, with NXT for six years. I'm like, wow, that's too long. But what was the point of bringing her in but putting Mandy Rose back on nxc she hasn't been there for almost six years or so it makes no absolute sense about that it kind of it doesn't they don't explain much what was the significance but whatever it is it looks like she's scouting i'm not sure if she's thinking about forming her own group you know like how remember how she and sonia deville were part of that absolution faction with page i'm not sure if that's what she if they're intending for her to do like maybe scout some girls who could fit in her parameters maybe that was the reason the whole thing with the match between Gigi dolan and saray was significant, because i think she's looking for the strongest competitors i mean i don't know it could it it, it's it, it appears like it's about that mostly and i'm not sure exactly how it would fit in but to me, I'm kind of curious how they're going to use her in NXT. Now, we do know that Finn Balor was in NXT for a while until he was called back to SmackDown. I'm I'm sure this is only going to be for a year or so just to see how fa- well she's progressed. I'm not sure if WWE has high hopes for her because if you guys know this or not, Vince McMahon has a thing for blonde women. And they always believe that those women are the ones most likely... They could win either the Raw or the SmackDown Women's title. But we'll see when we see the true nature of her being there this coming Tuesday on NXT. Now, the biggest surprise is if you guys saw this past uh, Slammiversary by Impact Wrestling. Oh, my F-ing God. What a hell of a show. I have to say I was blown away with the appearances of various people now let's talk about these people that they brought in first one we all knew it was going to be hot mess sooner or later yes folks chelsea green is back now if you guys know this or not chelsea green did not use that name in impact it was laura von something now i don't ask me what was the significance of that but i think maybe chelsea green fits her perfectly well now if you guys recall Chelsea Green was amongst the recent releases. Um, I think that took place a couple months ago. Yeah, I think it was. And of course, we were fully aware that she was in NXT. They didn't do well for her back then. I mean, I think they wasted her time. And I'm not gonna say you know, it's a a, a fact. I mean, that's what happened. They wasted her time. I mean, look, they kept. They should have kept them more on NXT. To build her up more. And I think pushing her to the main roster was a little too soon, a little premature on their part. That's always that's always been what I felt about the whole thing. But her getting injured, that kind of messed things up for her. And recently we did saw her, if you guys have been aware, she showed up at Ring of Honor. But however, she wanted to compete in the women's championship tournament. But however, the health something whatever down in baltimore maryland wouldn't allow her to compete and of course people would say this is bullshit this is bullshit yeah and i would agree it is bullshit because here's the thing she was the mystery tag team partner with her real life fiance matt cardona to take on brian myers and teneal dashwood now before we jump into that match i'll explain why is that how is it that we get to see her wrestle in Impact Wrestling, but not in Ring of Honor. It is a load of crap. I wish someone could tell me this right now. Why did these guys in Baltimore didn't allow her to wrestle, but she was able to wrestle in Nashville. So if anybody can tell me why, I would like to know. So practically, I don't know. But let's get to the match. It was kind of awkward in every way of course we know that the opponents that both chelsea and matt had to face was brian myers and of course teniel dashwood which is awkward because the teniel was the ex-girlfriend of matt cardona now i don't know what was the reasons of their um how do i say why they broke up but i do know that chelsea greens and matt cardona's uh relationship was Hooked up by, of course, none other than the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes and Brandy. They were the ones that introduced them. And of course, the reason they were introduced to them because A, Chelsea Green and Matt Cardona are both Disneyland fans. So yeah, I thought I thought that was cute, you know. I'm a romantic. But anyway, the match was great. I have to say I like it. But I was questioning this. Is Chelsea Green back with um impact wrestling full-time it turns out that she is but i don't know if it's full-time or part-time because right now she's making good headways you know being on impact and showing up in ring of honor so the real question is what else is she going to do i mean that is the bigger question if she's planning to make headways in ring of honor and in impact this is going to be good to watch you know because we're seeing talent appearing on multiple promotions. Now, these promotions are nothing compared like WWE or possibly AEW, but Chelsea Green is making great headways. So I am happy she's back. And, of course, it's now a hot mess in Impact Wrestling. Now, the next surprise was the mystery opponent that Thunder Rosa had to face. And that person is Thunder Rosa. I'm like, wow. Deonna Purrazzo showed up. Didn't know who she was facing, but of course, having her face Thunder Rosa was amazing. Now, keep in mind, if you guys know this or not, with the exception of WWE, Thunder Rosa has competed in NWA, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, AEW. Anywhere in the world, I have to say, with the major promotions, I have to say she had made red Hayways now some of you wwe fans who are listening you probably say this but she'll soon go to wwe J. rod you just watch they'll they have her on their radar um i would agree with you but that's not my call that's up to thunder rosa she makes that decision because if you guys ever knew this when she was being interviewed she said that she didn't like how wwe were doing that whole bras and panties thing i mean look there was a lot of disrespectful ways that many people say about the women's division back then during the Attitude Era where the women had to face off in, um, in bras and panties and, of course, they keep the m- matches into minimum. And, I mean, that's kind of crazy. I mean, the best matches I've seen in women's wrestling right now is coming out of Japan because I enjoy stardom and all that and some of the matches went up to 30 minutes on there. So if you guys don't believe me, you should check it out. But if you want to see those matches... Um, go to this link called Watch Pro Wrestling, and you guys will know what I mean. WatchProWrestling.com They have Stardom and every other uh, Japanese wrestling uh, promotion in there, especially the Yoshi Wrestling. You guys will see why. But Thunder Rosa, I have to say, was a great surprise. But however, because of what happened in the match, Deonna Peraza won by applying the Queen's Gambit on her, winning the match. But that wasn't the biggest surprise. The biggest surprise was... Hardcore country. Mickey James showed up. That was impressive. Now, if you guys are probably asked, why is Mickey James there? Uh, She competed in TNA now as Impact Wrestling. She was a knockout champion. And I have to say, it's great to see her there. And I'm assuming that's how she met her real-life husband, Nick Aldis. Now, you probably say, what was she doing in Slammiversary in the first place? Easy. If you guys know already or don't know... She is the executive direct producer for Empower, which is the all-female pay-per-view that's coming up late this August. And she's looking for the best women's wrestlers in the world. And there's no doubt in my mind, Diana Purrazzo is, of course, amongst those. Not to mention, she's a two-time knockouts, tech, uh, knockouts Champion. And it makes perfect sense. So, basically, she's laying out the invitation. But, of course, uh, you know, playing along with the story where... Deanna felt disrespected by Mickey James, despite, but she was ruining her moment. But you do not disrespect the queen of hardcore country. So I don't know what's going to go with that. But I have to say, Mickey James appearing in Impact was great. I like how they're throw, making this, like they're having her come here. Hey, if you're looking for the best women, come on. You can use our women for, for that uh, pay-per-view. Now, you're probably saying, uh, there's going to be collaboration with all promotions? Yes. I'll explain that at the end for all of you, what I mean. Now, another surprise wrestler was former WWE superstar that was released last year. I'm talking about No Way Jose. Yes, folks, No Way Jose is back, and he showed up on Slammer Wrestling. He's no longer called No Way Jose; it's just called No Way. But he appears like he kept the gimmick where he has the conga line, you know. And I'm like thinking, okay, at least that remains. Now, it's still unclear whether if he is. Full-time with Impact Wrestling because it was still unclear what was he going to do. Like, is he going to be signed with any promotion that's available? I don't know. It was still, how to say, radio silence from my understanding. So, I'm like, wow. It's so amazingly what I did enjoy. Now, the match was great, but he did not win it. But seeing him there, it was great feeling to see him. Now, let's talk about the biggest bus. That took place. Near the end of Slammiversary. We just saw. The appearance. With the Switchblade. Jay White. Our current. Never Openweight Champion. And the current leader of the Bullet Club. He appeared. At the end of the match. Between both Kenny Omega. And Sammy Callahan. Now. The Good Brothers and Don Callis were there. Now. This is what I like about the story. They th- uh, both Gallows and Anderson think that Jay White is on their side. Now, I want to put this how the story will pull out. Jay White will never side with Kenny. And neither will he side with the good brothers. Reasons is why is this. Tama when you follow the storylines, believe that Kenny Omega made the bullet club weak because if you guys notice some hardcore bullet club fans have noticed when the elite first arrived kenny omega was not focusing on the leadership as bullet club he was basically ignoring the other members you know and i feel this could lead to the silver war that we've been looking for now if you guys don't know what i mean here it is the 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 young bucks have been trying to set up a civil war amongst the bull club. It never got anywhere fa- uh, longer than we hoped for because their contracts came out was ending with New Japan. However, it would make sense of another situation I'm looking at in this whole thing with Jay White appearing in um, in Impact. Here's why. Those who may have been aware, those who don't, Jay White was the only person that ever beaten Kenny Omega. Now, those who don't know, you probably say, but whoa, 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 whoa. J-Rod, what are you talking about? What do you mean that he never, that Jay White beaten Kenny Omega? It happened back in the, in the late, uh early t- uh, 2018. Let me explain what happened on the storyline so you guys can understand for those who are new watching here in this channel kenny omega had his sights on jay white he wanted him to join the bullet club however jay white turned him down well he accepted it but he pulled the switchblade on him but he made his initial target was kenny omega and the iwgp united states title now keep in mind if you guys i told this very times kenny was the first ever iwgp united states champion and then the second was jay white so jay white was the one that beat him in the new beginning and won the title and that's what happened so i think this is was like for kind of like this let's let's expl- uh, let me explain how this happened let's talk do you've got- if you remember what when- in wcw when hulk hogan showed up saying that no one has ever That he has beaten everyone. That wasn't true. There was one person that actually he could not beat. And that person was none other than Ultimate Warrior. It's the same thing with Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is the Hulk Hogan of right now. Of today's modern wrestling. Jay White is the Ultimate Warrior of right now. So basically what I see is. Kenny. Don Callis can run his mouth. Saying he has beaten everyone. Wrong This is the one person you have beaten. This is the same man that beat you for the IWGP United States title. Now, it wouldn't surprise me that Jay White would target Kenny Omega for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship. Now, you probably say, why would he do that? Think about it. He already beat him once. What would stop him again? Will Don Callis' threats about him putting him in one Wing angel mean something? I don't know. But, of course, Jay White will tell Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson they're traitors to the Bullet Club. Because, A, if you're a diehard Bullet Club fan, you know for a fact Kenny and the rest of the elite are a bunch of wimps. They are not Bullet Club material. They never were. Basically, people can say the two best leaders in the Bullet Club is none other than Pris Devitt. Better known as Finn Balor and of course the phenomenal one AJ Styles Kenny was the, the third leader to step out forward when they kicked out AJ now Jay white became the 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 fourth leader of of bullet club Evil became fifth only temporarily until the whole uh restriction came about but however Jay white making his appearance I think they're they're trying to rehash old memories because here's the thing Don Callis likes to talk about Kenny as God. If that's true, then why is it that he lost to Jay White? A guy who Kenny believes will never beat him. He did beat him back in 2018. So basically, you look at this, it's more like... Jay White is Kenny Omega's kryptonite. See what I'm saying? Now, you probably say, how can we watch this match? If you guys have NJPW World then on demand and you guys would see it it's right there just click kenny omega versus jay white and you guys will see it or you can f- see if you can find it somewhere anywhere in the in um anywhere on the internet if you guys can it's right there but if that's the case i'm kind of down for it so but however jay white's appearance is the biggest biggest buzz in the entire history. However. entire let me go back to what happened during that uh, after that match. Apparently, they were trying to put up the too sweet moment. It never happened. It went off the air, but what never showed on the air but later was revealed. Apparently, uh, Jay White was attacked by Finjuice. Now, the reason that happened is uh, Jay White is set to face uh, David Finley for the never open way title that's on the line in Resurgence for New Japan Strong. Um, I'm like excited to see that. However, he did took out both in juice and the soup and then he ducked out. I think the plan was, is to maybe the idea they want him to challenge Kenny for the, for the impact world title. And I will say that's what I'm putting my money on that he's targeting for that title. Now, before I end this part, I want to announce that actually we're getting, uh, there was another surprise that happened. Uh, it was not uh, shared in, of course, um, on um, on the slime anniversary. It was revealed a new wrestler's coming by the name of Drama King. Now, for w- some of you probably going out, wait a minute, who the hell is Drama King? Those who don't know, he is part of Rusev Day. I'm talking about, Aiden English. Yes folks, Aiden English seems like he's hit on his way <coughs> to impact. Now some of you probably were wondering, where the hell's he been all this time since he got released? Um probably helping out his wife. If you guys know this or not, his real life wife is none other than Shal Guerrero, the daughter of the late Eddie Guerrero. You're probably saying, "What? For real? Those who are probably saying, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy who goes out the roost of day. Is married. To Latino Heat. I lie. I steal. I cheat. His daughter. Yes folks. Shao Guerrero is married to Aiden English. Basically. They have been married for a couple years. they known each other when they moved to Florida. You know during the. I'm assuming FCW and NXT days. And, and that kind of fits in. And. And I th- I say it's a pretty good thing to see. Uh, the reason he hasn't, I think he was taking care of his wife. If you guys know this, Xiao girl has issues as a good husband. I have to say I admire him for being a good husband. Try to take care of her, you know. And you know I would, I'm like him, you know. I would do anything if I'm married. I would take good care of her. And I say he is a good husband. And for him to show up on Impact, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited. I'm. Can't wait to see what he's gonna do. I'm I'm sure that maybe his wife might have encouraged him. You need to get back on the horse. And if that was the case, then I I applaud Shalghero to tell him to get back on the horse. You don't have to wait forever. What you're gonna do? But he did st- did have a, another business. I think he has w- a whiskey business. I'm not sure. I think he she mentioned that in the Chris Van Vliet show on his podcast. So I, I'm pretty sure she mentioned that before. So, I'm excited. Now, speaking of Slammiversary, they actually announced for Bound for Glory. Apparently, this was another big buzz that has come out. Bound for Glory is coming back in October of this year. However, their biggest show is going to take place in none other than Sin City itself. Las Vegas, Nevada. That's right. But, however, we're going to see something cool. This is going to expose WWE in certain ways Now some of you WWE fans Will say you know J-Rod F you Nothing could expose WWE Um, I'm not talking about like the business I mean how much They're out of touch with the wrestling World we're gonna see A collaboration not with Impact Wrestling With of course AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling And AAA you probably say What You're kidding me Yes. And probably tell me, what about NWA? I mean, it could possibly happen. I don't know. I would love to see that. Now, the WWE fan base who are listening, you probably say, but why is that important, J-Rod? Simple. WWE are the only promotion in this country that has no association with any other promotion or any other promotion outside, except for the independent promotions that are affiliated with them. For example... We did had Evolve, but now they're closed. We have Progress Wrestling out of the UK. WXW in, in Germany. Um, try to remember what other ones. Oh, yeah. ICW out of uh, uh, Scotland. Uh, Insane Championship Wrestling. Those are just small promotions, but bigger promotions, they are not affiliated with them whatsoever. We do know they tried to buy some promotions, but it didn't help. So... That's the way I kind of look at it this way. So I'm excited to see who's going to be in that event with all this collaboration. So that's what I mean they're going to expose. Because right now, WWE are out of touch. Because here are promotions. They're willing to work with each other. Because that's always been the case. WWE have been the promotion that felt, we're going to take over the entire wrestling world. We're going to conquer here, the US, Canada, Mexico, Japan... But so far, they only co- they only managed to do an NXT UK brand in the UK, but they're planning to do one in India. Now, some of you say, what about Japan? That's a good market, J-Rod. Uh, I hate to burst your bubble. Not a lot of Japanese wrestlers are interested or the promotions are interested to work with them, but they are basically are not happy how things have been going on with the UK brand. So basically, they're not going to do that but however they do have ambassadors see if they can try to convince them trying to rile them amongst them is Kyrie Zane but i doubt that she's going to help out because she seems like she wants out of WWE she wants to get back on wrestling i i would love to see that but this collaboration with all four promotions this is going to be killer i can't wait to see it when it happens now you may have heard recently in WWE there has been a lot of new fresh Faces on the main roster. Recently, we saw Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. Tony Storm is about to go in, and then Aaliyah. Now, what is the significance of having these fresh faces? Let's keep in mind a lot of these people that they kept, same old story, same old. And I think Vince is starting to see look. We need fresher faces. And it's true. That's the problem. Stop keeping the same old crap over and over. It's annoying. Because it bothers me. And I'm sure it bothers some fans who probably are sick of it too. And I'm sorry to say it. It's just, it is what it is. But I have to say, I give uh, Vince McMahon credit to bring new faces. Now, however, we do know Shotzi Blackheart is not going by Shotzi Blackheart anymore. She just simply goes by... Chotzi, Tegan Knox, Tegan, uh, Tony Storm. Uh, we're yet to see her, but she will be there. Even Aaliyah will be at Raw, so it's still unclear what else is going to take place. I have to say, seeing new faces in 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 the main roster is going to be good. But however, I think that's the. I think there's a lot of things that WWE need to work out. I feel look they they deserve this credit, but it's still got a long way to go. Now the final thing I want to talk about. Of course, if you guys have been aware or not, LAX is back, but this time with brand new faces. Now, some of you are probably saying, but wait a minute, J-Rod, what are you talking about? LAX isn't back. We see them on Impact Wrestling all the time. Well, yes, but there's a reason. They're not in Impact Wrestling anymore. You see, the name I believe it's owned by none other than one of a well-recognized wrestler in all of wrestling from Mexico, including here. I'm talking about Conan. I think Conan owns the name. Now, you probably say, "Who are the uh, are the um, the new LX guys?" Well, we got Danny Limelight, who is a SoCal favorite wrestler here in Southern California. I have the pleasure of of talking to him getting to know him i bump into him. the first time i ever met him was at shining burning wrestling he had a different gimmick kind of like a spider-man gimmick um he actually um how do i say this was a real he's a real cool dude and of course um what else was happening i met him in the baja stars and we talked from then on uh but uh, but I know that recently he had some issues going on with one of the promoters here in San Diego, where I'm from, in San Diego, California. Um, I'm not going to get into the details on that because that's something I probably am not allowed to talk about. Um, you see, I like Danny, but I just don't want to put him under the bus on that. So, But, however, Danny is not the only guy that he put in. Another wrestler who I've seen mostly on the SoCal scenes, this guy, you may have seen him in in the N.W.A., I'm talking about Slice Boogie. Now, I have seen Slice Boogie on many occasions at one of the um, wrestling school showcases, Level Up. I've uh, seen him maybe a few times. So he is, Slice Boogie and Danny Limelight are the new LAX. I like to call it LAX Mark III. Probably you're telling me, why am I calling them Mark Three? Because there's only been other versions. Now, let's call let's put out the OGs. The OGs of the LA, of LAX was none other than Homicide and Hernandez, and the second uh, mark is Santana Ortiz when they had Diamante as well. But they were the I have to say, I was more of a fan of Santana and Ortiz in every way. They're one of the most one of the most interesting teams the, uh, of the versions of LAX. Now you probably say to me will danny limelight and of course uh slice boogie live up to the lax name i don't know they made their debut on mlw's battle riot th- this pat uh on the 10th of july i'm trying to find footage we were supposed to have the television a uh, televised of that but so far no luck but i did saw photos and clips that they posted on twitter and i have to say it's great that he's in it I know Danny Limelight has been making uh, appearances in AEW and of course on AEW Dark and of course Revelation but also in um, New Japan Strong. Uh, I'm not sure how much his commitments are in those promotions right now but if he's going to be in MLW but however it was revealed that Danny Limelight is now officially signed with MLW. I'm very happy for him. Uh, I'm sure he probably will challenge for the middleweight title but however if he and Slice Boogie are going to be a, a thing as a tag team, they will probably be one of the tag teams they ought to be focusing on that right now. So I'm excited for that. So I can't speak on how they're going to do, but we're going to see if they can live up with the lineage of the LAX name being the Mark Three that they are. So I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited. So right now, I'm going to end it right here for all of you. But for now, I must bid all of you Adieu! I'll see you guys in the next DWZ time. Same DWZ channel. I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. Mwah. And have a nice day. Bang!